Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Locked and Loaded JDM, a Canadian and Toronto-based podcast. I'm your host, Jay Clay, and the purpose of this podcast is to share my passion and joy of JDM car culture, and how other things like anime and gaming have had an amazing influence on my life and others I know. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy sharing this with you guys. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Jamal, aka J. Clay, your host, and we're here for another episode of Locked and Loaded JP, uh, JDM. Ha! Um, don't even know the, the title to my own show. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I have another special guest on the podcast today, my friend George Wu. Um, George is a friend that I met a short time ago, but honestly feels like We've known each other for a long time, the way we talk on a regular basis. Um, he's a young car enthusiast uh, who currently works in the automotive industry for one of the major Japanese manufacturing companies. Um, and he just has an immense amount of knowledge in regards to the automotive industry and vehicles. Um, just from his own personal endeavor of looking in, of being a car enthusiast and um, as well just because he's always loved cars since he was young. But um, I think I'm going to let him explain his uh, little bit of his background. So uh, first of all, welcome, George, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jamal. I appreciate the kind words. I don't know how much knowledge I can bring up to the table, but uh, I'll definitely try my best. Oh, man. Yeah, I think you uh, don't credit yourself enough because you have a lot of knowledge based on our conversations, man. Um, but why don't you tell, uh, just give a little intro um, on top of mine <laughs> about yourself. 100%. Well, thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, like Jamal said, I feel like, you know, even though we've only known each other for a little while, it feels, it definitely feels like a lifetime, right? So um, I've, you know, ever since I was, um, I was a kid, I've always been pretty obsessed with, with cars, to be honest with you. Um I all started with one of those like consumer report magazines. Um, when I got one of those is for my birthday. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many different kinds of cars, different kinds of models. Um, it's kind of like, I always say, it's kind of like, um, it's like people, right? Different personalities. There's definitely different layers. It's it's so it's so interesting to me, right? And it's definitely also a way of self-expression. Uh, and that's something I've kind of immersed myself into and kind of with school and work. Um, it steered me to that direction. So I, I do work in an automotive industry and I do enjoy every every second of it. So um, it's 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 been great and I'm very excited to be on the show and give some uh, some of my perspective and share some of my stories as well. Thanks, thanks, appreciate it. I'm actually excited to hear it because as much as I've heard a lot of your stories, man, I get excited every time you explain it because of your enthusiasm towards things. Um, first off, um, I think everyone would like to know, <laughs> what do you drive? Oh, well, currently, um, at the second, I have two vehicles. I have a 1990 uh, Mazda Miata um, that I've had, I've owned for the last four and a half years. Um, I also have a 2009 Subaru WRX 265 hatchback um, that, um, that I won't it won't be part of my ownership after tomorrow. So nonetheless, congratulations. You still had a, a good, a good stint with that car uh, from, yes. uh, from pretty much the moment I met you. Um, 
Now, we'll, we'll get into what you're getting next, probably. Well, we'll see. You may, you may say it in this podcast. We might say it later when you actually get it. Let's, let, actually, it's probably better when you actually get it. We'll uh, save some content for that. Uh, but what inspired you to get both cars? What is the inspiration behind you getting both cars? Yeah, no, that's that's a really good uh, that's a really good question. I'll start with the Miata because I feel like that one's a bit uh, a bit easier to to get into, right? So, I think with the Miata, um, I've personally for me um, with cars, it's always experience, right? It's always balance, and I think the engineering design that went that goes into a specific vehicle, um, and I'm obsessed with purpose built vehicles. Mazda Miata is one of those cars. Um, that kind of existed in you know the 60s with the British Roadster up to the 70s, um, and then um, give me sorry Jamal, can you give me one second? Sure, sure. Sorry, can you pause? Pause. pause? Sorry, one second. Hey everyone, we're back. Just had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but not not a problem. We're back. Uh, so we'll just continue, George, from that question, which was. Uh, what's the inspiration behind both cars, behind the Miata and behind the WRX? Awesome. So with the Miata, I think, um, you know, we were chatting earlier and I'm sure you know this as well, but personally, I'm a big, big fan of purpose-built vehicles, right? And Miata is one of those vehicles where it's, it's got its own dedicated platform and every single engineering piece that went in the vehicle is made for that vehicle. It's not an adaptation. It's not a conversion. It's a purpose-built um, uh, vehicle, right? So, I mean, it's all theory at, at this point, right? I mean, it's the 60s roads, British roadsters that got brought back in life with the Japanese reliability. Essentially, that's what the Miata really is, right? Or in Japanese, the you know, roadster. But I think it all comes to the point where um, the, the car and driver connection that, you know, sometimes when you are in the Tesla or a modern vehicle, the car is driving you, you're driving a car in the Miata, you feel every single bump through the steering wheel, you feel every, you know, you know exactly what your tires are doing, you're just connected, right? Um, I think with the Japanese word Jimba Itai, that started in 1990 with the Mazda Miata. And they've carried that philosophy through, um, you know, and, and kind of reinvented that in 2015, right? With all their modern cars. And you really do know, and we can talk about that more, but that's essentially why um, the Miata is really for me. I think it's it's very, very pure. It's a very pure driver, driver experience. It's a purpose-built platform. And um, again, it's a, an amazing, amazing community. So great, great people. And um, yeah, it's I just feel connected to the car, if you will. All right. And the WRX? Yeah, and I think with the Subaru, I always had the fascination, right, with the Subarus because that configuration of um, a boxer turbo motor um, with an all-wheel drive, 50-50 symmetrical all-wheel drive with a manual gearbox, that's, um, you, you don't see that. That's not a thing, right, uh, outside of, um, outside of like recent years, but Subaru's been doing this for, um, since Ever. the 90s, right? Yeah. Exactly. Actually, so, early, early 80s. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Like I've always been um, fascinated by the sound of the vehicle, and um, I, I always wanted to own one. And when I drove one, I was blown away just by the drivability, and again, the engineering that's put in the car. Right? It's not like a typical Japanese car. I think Subaru is one of those oddballs, right? And, and you know what I mean? Like in one of those companies, kind of like Mitsubishi and Subaru, they're kind of the, um, you know, the I won't I don't want to say kind of uh, problem child, but definitely the emo child, right? <laughs> Within the Japanese family, so. 
Um, I think I all started with behind the wheel. It's just the ultimate daily, and I had to I had to own one right at, at one point in my life, and that this that was my opportunity with the pandemic starting and no commuting. Um, I think gas mileage and kind of all that wasn't wasn't really an issue for me, so that's why I moved forward with uh, the Subi. Okay. And again, great community. You get that Subi wave everywhere you go, more so than Miatas, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that too, because um, in the recent days, I've noticed even more that I'm get, seeing more Subarus and I get that Subi wave. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, the Miata, you know, it's funny. Um, I can understand the allure of the Miatas, because to be perfectly honest with you, since knowing you, I've been seeing them more, of course. That's usually what happens when you, you know somebody with it or you own it. You'll see more of the car um, often with other owners. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm, I'm actually seeing a lot more Miatas, NA1s. I've seen quite a few in, uh, in, in where I work, well, in the city. Um, and um, I've also seen uh, MBs and NDs, even right here um, next to my house when I was leaving for work yesterday, uh, two nd miatas uh they actually drove out of my area so it's just like it's, it's a popular car and just because it offers the the i guess you could say small luxuries that um i probably take for granted because i don't have those like the fr pa- platform mm. um and i like with decent gas mileage of course it's not a big engine uh, i think it's 1.6 and 1.8 right that they've offered um, as well as the fact that uh, you get the, the number one thing is most of them are convertibles. Um, people, you usually don't see too many people with the hard tops. So given the fact that you have that ability to take the top down and, and drive and feel the wind through your hair and everything like that, it's, it's an unbeatable experience. I actually probably, um, I probably would, I'd say, uh, compare that experience with uh, riding a motorcycle. Because uh, you're just out there. It, it's funny that you say that because a lot of um, motorcycle riders, when they, you know, I don't want to say downsize, but when they um, kind of switch phase out of the scene, exactly, they, yeah. they get a Miata, right? Because it's the closest thing uh, in terms of experience, um, you know, outside outside of actually riding a motorcycle. So you definitely well, feel. You, you smell the road, you, you get connected to the road when the top is down. So I guess the only other car that would really be similar to that, and it's just if you really want more power, is to, an S2000. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, mean, yeah, go ahead. There's always the K cars, right? The, the Capitanos, the B. The, I'm the, saying here, by buying them here. Right. Like if you yeah, want something right. left hand drive, because as you so eloquently said uh, before we started recording this, you don't know if you were be so keen to get a, a right hand drive car. In terms of driving it on a regular, I I just don't like the insurance portion of it. To be honest, that too. Eventually, um, sir, you are young, so yeah, not super young. I don't want to disrespect, but you're young, so yeah, younger. Yeah, you're younger. There's a lot of ten year difference, guys. I'm 35, so you can work through the math. (laughs) So, uh, but the fact is that you'll eventually get there, and you can make that decision at that time if you want to get something like that. Um, but yeah, um, I wanted to ask, uh, in regards to what, like the car enthusiast community. So you've, you've gone to quite a few more meets than me, uh, this, in this last, uh, year, just due to the pandemic, we haven't been able to go out so much. So now that things have opened, um, you have been able to take the opportunity to go and see cars 
uh, meet up with people, meet up with different cars, some iconic cars that you probably never thought you'd see. Um, could you tell us about some of the cars you've seen, what your opinions were on them and what you like about the car enthusiast community now? And also if there are things that you dislike about the car enthusiast community as it is right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, I think before I would say this year, um, I've really only um, stayed in the Miata circle. It's a quite a, a different crowd, to be honest with you. Um, with the Miata crowds, usually uh, either 55 plus or 25 and under, right? So uh, it's a it's a it's an interesting two sets of people, but always good people. Honestly, I've never really met um, a Miata owner that's um, that's been you know a, a horrible experience or anything like that, right? But I think expanding my horizon this year, uh, see different cars, I, it's definitely given me more appreciation and definitely opened eyes a bit more right on what's possible and what you know other car scenes are kind of like right so um i mean i think this year specifically what really made me think is seeing all these s chassis cars right because i think i didn't grow up in that era where the s chassis cars were as common as the miatas right i think you know 15 20 like 10 15 years ago um, the S chassis car is a lot more like a 240 SX is a lot easier to find on the road than than you would today, right? So, oh yeah, <laughs> and, and and more importantly, is I think it's the JDM cars, right? Um, it's seeing those cars that's kind of like forbidden fruit to, that was never um, you know made available here in North America or in Canada specifically, and seeing them on the road, seeing them at meet, seeing them in action is just um, a different type of way, right? So it's like. Um, it definitely makes me want one. Don't get me wrong, Jamal. I want that experience. And it's definitely uh, uh, really funny to see a right-hand driver going through a drive-through. So, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's definitely one of those possibilities, right? You got to prioritize in your life. And, um, you know, and I, I think with JDM cars, I've also noticed this, this year specifically that uh, the popularity has really gone over domestic, especially in our area. Um, I think before two, three years ago, Mustangs, Camaros, that's Charger, you know, like that's, that was the, the, I would say the scene, but uh, it's definitely grown beyond that. And I think the second part of your question was on what do I like about the car community? Like and dislike, um, yeah. Like and dislike. So what I like about it, um, I think it's definitely the, the connection part. It's the different people that you meet, the different stories that you hear. Um, for me, it's like, uh, every time with a card, there's always a story behind it, right? And I love hearing those stories, and um, I love hearing, you know, the different experience that people um, do have, right? Um, the part that I um, I'm not really a fan of is, I think it depends on the person, it depends on the, the group, but there are definitely some toxic culture, right? It's um, you know, you should build your car. In my opinion, you should build your car for yourself. Um, you, that period, right? This is your hobby. This is, shouldn't take other people's opinion to heart in a sense, right? Because I think there's that toxic things. It's like, oh, like, you know, um, who's got the widest stance? Who's got, you know what I mean? Like it's respect all, respect all builds. I, and I kind of mean that, right? You don't have to agree with the build, but you don't really have to go in someone's face and say, you know, you know what, right? So yeah, that part. And then also I think um some meets there people definitely tend to stick in their own groups. And I it, like human nature, right? But I, I would like it to be a little bit more open instead of like, you know, 
um, I think it, sh it should be a normal thing for a person to show up to a karmi if they wanted to by themselves without, without going with a group. That's what I'm trying to say, right? It's all about sharing that passion and um, sharing the same, like, I, again, like I said, stories and knowledge, right? So. Thanks. Yeah, that, I actually definitely agree, man, um, wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that was personally one of the reasons why I gravitated towards Japanese car culture mm. as opposed to, and Japanese cars, because I always wanted to go to Japan. Um, and I seen the way people treat each other is a little bit diff uh, different. There are similarities. Don't get me wrong. Human nature is human nature, no matter what part of the world you live in. But um, yeah, there, there's a little bit more camaraderie when it comes to uh, car culture in other parts of the world. And I can only speak from what I, I've known for, through friends who are, are currently in Japan, that it's a little bit easier to, you know, be part of that culture. It's not, there's not so much a competition as opposed to here where, for example, when we went to a meet in London and everyone's uh, like, not everyone, but one of the guys we met, it started like a kind of a wave of people just asking about what's under your hood, how much horsepower you're making. That's a North American thing. Like that, that really is something a lot here that they're always wondering, Oh, what mods you have. And then they, and then they want to look under the hood and they want to criticize your build, want to criticize what you have. And not, not, not to, to say that you shouldn't give people advice if there's something that you could potentially see as a danger and a danger to their investment, because you don't want them to, you want them to enjoy cars as well. Like if you see somebody saying, having no oil in here, oh, you should probably put some oil in there. <laughs> that, that, that's understandable um, on an extreme case, of course. But um, yeah, there's always somebody willing to criticize. And that, that also the other point you made in regards to tribal, that definitely happens. Like there's always, it's a, like, that's the first thing people do. They find a tribe that they can vibe with and they usually stick with that kind of people. And it, it's hard to not, do that because it because everyone's different right and just like we became friends people just gravitate to people that are are similar and alike similar in terms of characteristics and attributes so you usually try to distance yourself from people that become are a lot more abrasive and stuff like that and especially in the car community because there is a lot of that it's, sometimes it's it just turns into a big dick measuring contest um but it is, it's, uh, it's the good and bad. It's the balance, right? It's the light and the dark. Um, but yeah, thanks for answering that. Um, quick other question here. Uh, what's your favorite drivetrain? So that's a good question because, you know, I, I think we talked about FR, right? Yeah. Um, uh, like that's definitely the bread and butter of like automotive. But that's always been, that's what started the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I've only driven a, a couple of mid-engine cars and the balance in a mid-engine car is definitely um, something to write home about, right? Uh, being, I think that the vibration engine right behind your back is just, you know, the weight on the, on the rear wheels is just, um, it's something that's always been fascinated, uh, I'm fascinated with. Uh, that being said, I don't think that's something, uh, it's also a, a disadvantage for me, in my opinion, because the engine's always harder to work on, right? On the mid-engine car. So oh, yeah. it, well, <laughs> quite a bit, quite a bit, right? So, I mean, to drive, right? Just to drive, 
by itself, I think the mid-engine is the, the best configuration for balance, for feel, for it, right? So then but, if that's the case, yeah. what mid-engine car, sorry, just to interject very quick, what mid-engine car is, is comes to exactly to your mind, to, um, tip of the tongue, as soon as you think about mid-engine? Just go? Yeah. Say multiple? Yeah. yeah. Lotus? <laughs> Lotus. Yeah. Yeah, Lotus, uh, you know, um, like a, a lot of the, you know, um, uh, Evora. Actually, the Evora is not a, it's a, that's a front engine car. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, Toyota MR2, Porsche Boxer, Porsche Cayman, right? Um, not Honestly, not a lot of mid-engine cars out there, right? I mean, the new Corvette is mid-engine, right? I, I, I honestly thought you, what, what came to mind was the NSX. <laughs> yeah, well... I was going to get there, right? The wolves. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because I, I, I remember when we, we started talking about cars and stuff like that, You yeah. that was one of the cars you were raving about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, um, at the end of the day, I've driven a Boxster. I've driven an MR2. Those are the two uh, mid-engine cars I've driven. Very, very different. Um, I think, I, again, two different class of cars, right? But I, I enjoyed both. I enjoyed both equally. So. Okay. I actually, um, I'm, I'm not familiar with, uh, Porsche's line. I, I'm telling you, I'm more JDM than anything. Like I have probably Japanese blood running through my veins. I don't even know it. Uh, but, uh, is the boxer, uh, NA or it's turbo? No, it's an NA. So it's a flat. So, so the older boxers all the way up to 2015 all had flat sixes. Okay. Flat sixes. Yeah. And, uh, the MR2, I know they came NA as well as turbo. Which one did you yeah. drive? The one I drove was the ugly version. So this is the 2002, 2003 generation. This is the one that looks like a... The fun. MRS. Uh, no, the MR2. The MRS only was made available in Japan. Um, so that one has the 2ZZ. Um, it was? I thought I saw the MR... I saw somebody driving an MRS here. Maybe I was... Maybe uh, It could be rebadged or, or converted. Okay. That's totally possible. Okay, okay. Okay, so MR2, huh? Okay, well, I honestly, I've, I've been in an MR2 before. Um, it wasn't taken care of very well, so I couldn't give you an ex exact great review on, on my experience in it, but um, I would love to, to get a drive in an NSX, drive one or be a passenger in one, just to um, get a better understanding of, you know, what it has to offer. Uh, because I, I hear great things about that car. The one thing I hear... And I think you've been in one, an NA1, right? Um, is it an NA1? Sorry, I just, I'm, 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 getting, I'm, I'm getting confused between the uh, the first gen NSX and the um, and the Miata the chassis codes. That's so the Miata is called NA6. That's the 1.6. Yeah. NA8 is the 1.8. Okay, so the NA1 is the the NSX. Great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you think the, of the MB though. MB1. No, 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 I'm thinking, I am thinking about the NSX, the NSX, okay. the, the one, the Ferrari looking one, they used they like oh, to, oh, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. the NA1, um, I, I hear, because you, you sat in that before, right, at one of the meets, yeah, and uh, I hear that, like, the dash, it feels like you're kind of, like, laying down in the car, and the dash, like, seems so high, so I'm guessing, even when you're driving, and especially if you're driving fast, yeah, um, the way the G-forces probably hit you is probably, a little bit surreal because you just you don't have as much you don't have the bracing that you're usually used to uh for example in your wrx where you're kind of sitting more upright on top of the car it feels like you're kind of laying down in the car with the nsx uh, correct me if i'm wrong 
It definitely feels like a cockpit. I've said in an, I, I said in an NSX a couple of weeks ago, actually. It does feel like a, a cockpit. It's small inside, man. It's got more legroom than a Miata, but I, I always, I almost want to say it's tighter, like on the side. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Because even I, I've, I've been inside a, uh, I guess it's called the NA2 now. Uh, actually, yeah. I don't even know. NC, NC1, sorry. The, uh, the, the new NSXs, and it's pretty tight in there, too. Yeah. So. The wow. WRX just is just a forester, man. There's so much room in there. It's super <laughs> comfortable. Super comfortable. It is. It is. It is. Um, so, uh, what is your abs? What is the car that you consider the absolute sexiest and most favorite of all cars that you, if if you could sell all your cars today and put all your money and into it and say and they said, okay, here it is, will you drive? That's a tough question. That's a loaded question. That's a lock and loaded question. <laughs> Locked and loaded for sure. <laughs> but we, that's, uh, what, that's the way we love it, man. <laughs> if I had to pick just one or. Yeah. If you just had one car, like your, like the most favorite car that you're able to drive, the one that you appreciate <laughs> the most, what, what, what would that be? Is this just for looks or is this something that I'm trying? No, it doesn't. It's everything. Everything. Everything in general. You have one car. It's the most, it, you have the opportunity. Some, let's just say somebody said they'll trade your Miata for it. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and, wow. Well, and you're just like, really? And, you, and they said, yeah, straight up trade. Here's the keys. What would that be? The Probably the original Ford GT40. Or GT40, okay. All right, why why that car? Because it beat Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think it's obviously there's a lot of story. Again, I like stories behind it, right? But I think it's it's got one of the most timeless design I've ever seen. That car on the road today looks brand new, right? Like honestly, um, I think it's the engineering behind it. It's one of the best American cars that's ever been made in the history. Um, it ripped on Le Mans. It's, you know, um, I think it just set so much character. I love the design on it. Um, and uh, as well, you know, I, uh, it's just, it's just amazing. Honestly, I, that's, that, that's the car I, I would pick and it's, it's humble, right? It's not a Ferrari. It's not a Lamborghini. It's <laughs> for GT40 is not really humble, but in my opinion, it's, yeah, it's, I I hear it's domestic, I hear it. but yeah, I I, I'll, I, I'm sure you would actually be very proud to know because I know you. There's a special place in your heart with with uh, domestic cars. Um, that actually in Japan right now, there is an influx of American cars, like a uh, uh, influx of oh, yeah? uh, the new Corvettes, the new Camaros, um, Challengers, like a, a big influx of of american cars are going there right now so it's, it's it's funny it's just a big shift because in the 60s and the 70s uh japan was actually trying to build their cars to emulate body lines like the old school american muscle cars and now we have well, like 40 50 years later um the exact opposite where they're actually just saying screw it let's just grab the car for whichever car is able to be imported and we'll import it over here. So it's, 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 uh, it's definitely a paradigm shift, definitely a paradigm shift. So, um, 
I just got two more questions because a little bit. Uh, actually, one more question. We'll go over one more question. Um, just because I uh, just have to wrap it up here. Um, but what comes to mind when you hear the words JDM? What, what thoughts, what images come to mind? I think for me, it, what we just talked about earlier is the forbidden fruit. That's what I think JDM really is. But uh, I think that's just in terms of cars. Lifestyle-wise, it's a bit different, right? The JDM lifestyle, it's more of appreciation of uh, where the roots come from. And we have a lot of cars that's available worldwide, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, like at the end of the day, um, I think uh, it's, it's a tough question, Jamal, honestly. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the appreciation of, you know, where, where, where it came from, right? Yeah. Um, it. The way that the engineering works in Japan is just next level. And the way, like Subaru, for example, right? They have their own like secret test track that emulate all kinds of weather conditions. That's why their cars are, you know, so adventurous. It's for a reason. Every single situation, desert, snow have been accounted for, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just appreciation of the culture and where, you know, where it came from, right? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Does that make sense? Um, it makes that? perfect sense to me. <laughs> so I, I, and I actually completely agree because there's just an appreciation of the uniqueness that they bring. Yeah. But um, you know what? We're going to actually get a different type of appreciation from you because we're going to have a special episode where you're going to be kind of doing your own little review. I'll let you kind of host it yourself and you give a little bit more review of a special car that you're going to, you're going to drive. Mm -hmm. um and and we're gonna, i'm sure the the audience is going to be very uh happy to see that i think you're going to be happy to to, to uh, oh i'm 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 definitely looking for whatever car this might be jamal honestly <laughs> like if you think it's cool i'll think it's cool so okay, i think you'll think <laughs> I it's trust cool, your judgment yeah yeah but honestly man appreciate uh you taking the time to even do this with me and coming on the uh on the uh podcast um if Anybody wants to reach out to you or see any of your pictures of your builds or anything like that, uh, where can they find you? What's your socials? Yeah, I, I mean, I have a, a um, dedicated Instagram account for my cars. Uh, okay. I just started it. So it's uh, nostalgia.autoworks. I'm sure Jamal will put that in the description. As I will. Well. Um, we'll put that in the show notes as well, as well as yeah. in the, uh, yeah. in the uh, description for the YouTube channel as well. Um, sure. And just as well, um, just to bring it back to something... Yeah, it hasn't updated in a while, but it's still great content. You should also check out uh, his podcast, uh, Car Religion. Um, that's also on Spotify, any of the major um, podcast uh, distributors, uh, because it's it, it's great content. Honestly, I always enjoy listening to it anytime I can. So uh, check that out as well. I appreciate the kind of way, Jamon. And it's one of those things that's kind of in the back burners for now, right? Because my co-host uh, is trying to figure out what he can or cannot do uh, within the show. So um, definitely TBC. And hopefully we can bring that back to life uh, in the near future as well. I look forward to it, man. Look forward to it. But again, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and to our audience out there, uh, appreciate you listening and watching. Um, you know, I think this episode, is like we locked this in. It was loaded with JDM content and car content. And... I don't see any reason not to love it. So you guys take care and till next time. Thanks so much for listening, guys. 
Uh, and if you have any suggestions of any kind of content that you'd like to hear, please reach out to me via Instagram at locked and loaded JDM. That's my Instagram handle, L O C D A N D L O A D E D J D M. And send me a message. I'd be more than happy to respond and put out any content that you'd find particularly interesting. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.